Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike the intern, Ned Reynolds, back in the studio on a Tuesday morning. So let's talk about something. Uh, we got to talk about the Chiefs, don't we? <laughs> okay. Well, uh, you know, first off, um, Coach Andy Reid says he does plan to return. Uh, next season, which that's a good thing. Um, we'll see what happens with Eric Bieniemy. There, there may be a change there, maybe a change in different coaching. We'll see. Um, uh, the one thing I'm definitely concerned with is not seeing number 32 in a Chiefs uh, uniform again. That one will break my heart. Well, if that does come to pass, it, it's not definite yet. But uh, Honey Badger said he kind of hinted yesterday that uh, he might not be back this year. Now that who knows? Is that a, a promise? Is it a threat? It is, is it a substantive statement? I don't know. Hard to say. Guy's been around a long time now, and he's played uh, pretty doggone good football. Three Pro Bowls, and of course he had Pro Bowl All-Stars with the Arizona Cardinals when he was there. He's a good player, and he's a tough player and a leader. So we'll, we'll see what happens. The Chiefs do have some key decisions to make. There are players there who Kansas City has to decide whether or not they really fit into the scheme of things. Uh, uh, Jaron Reed, for one. Melvin Ingram is, a, is an interesting story because he is a free agent. These guys are all free agents. Uh, Honey Badger falls into that category as well. Charvarius Ward, another one. Pretty good defensive back. But are there individuals who might be able to help out in another capacity according to their salaries. That's the key. Mike Remmers, Byron Pringle, and there are several others who have been contributors this year who do fall into that free agent category. And that's where the Chiefs have to sit down. Mr. Beach has to look things over, discuss with Andy Reid, discuss with the coaching staff. Who do we need to keep? Who do we maybe let go? What is available in the draft? And so forth and so on. It's really an interesting time for any of these pro football teams. You, uh, you mentioned some of the uh, key individuals there as, as far as Ingram, uh, not Ingram, but uh, Honey Badger is concerned, Tyran Matthew. A solid ball player, a kid who can really do some things. I'm, I'm thinking that Eric Bieniemy is still going to be there. Really? Here we have had several coaching changes. I know. And he hasn't, to my knowledge, even been a factor in any of them. I know he's interviewed for them, but his name is never mentioned. And now we're getting to fewer and fewer vacancies. What do you think now? It might be that they're just saying, look, Reed's only going to do this a couple more seasons. We're just pedigree Eric the enemy to take over the take over the team after Coach Reed leaves. You think that's what he's that might be maybe what's happening? I, Mike, I, that's the only other thing I can explain. I, I just uh, there's especially a, there's after uh, another the factor. Raiders hired another, yesterday. Another factor. Another factor. You know, one they got Josh McDaniel. I, I, yeah, that's what I'm saying, <laughs> dude. Like I, after the, something like that, I, can't, I just can't see how they pass over being the like, enemy. May not be a good interview. And that does hurt. You've got to be able to present yourself. You have to be able to be uh, relatively forthcoming in what you have decided. Now, he's been an offensive coordinator and and a good one for the Chiefs, although I wonder how many of those plays he really does call, and it's not Andy Reid or uh, Patrick Mahomes. It's probably by committee, I would imagine. But but he, he has some baggage, too, some personal baggage that he encountered at Colorado. So maybe all that weighs against him, I must admit, I do not know. Yeah, see, that just it just blows my mind. I, the only, that's the only thing I can think of is maybe I, it would be crazy if they are doing that. 
But and you might it might be the interview too. But I just like I said, man, after the, the Raiders hire, I'm sitting there laughing. But I'm also going. I just don't see how all these teams just kept passing them up. And there's got to be something there. I, I don't know what it is, but uh, it blows my mind. So we'll see. Uh, like I said yesterday, what we now got 86 days into the NFL draft. <laughs> I'll mark it for you, NFL, no problem. Um, but uh, it, how much salary cap space are we talking about here for the Chiefs? Not a great amount, but they do have some space. It's about $15 million. And when you boil everything down, that's really not a whole lot of money because you do have to – Portion some of your money for the draft. That's about uh, forty-four million five hundred thousand to about six million, depending on where you stand and who you get, and so forth and so on. But some of that, some of that on keeping some of the free agents who they want. Some of that with looking at who is available, who can help them out, who's been cut by other teams, and all this figures into the mix as far as how they're going to be able to. Uh, overcome the salary cap. You know, the salary cap, in all honesty, is just a, a bit of a myth. There is no team that has ever violated the salary cap. No team. The NFL goes out of its way to make sure that you're not in violation of that salary cap. They send you notices so that you can make all the appropriate changes. So violating it is probably not going to happen. In fact, it more than likely won't happen. But some of the players who have to go... Another little factor involved, too, is how you restructure contracts. And I wouldn't be surprised to see Mahomes, who I think is about to earn $27 million next year for signing bonus or something like that. That might be shifted into a different category that doesn't uh, isn't Go against, impacting yeah. the, uh, the yeah. salary cap. There are just a number of ways that this can be changed. Well, we'll see what happens. They are a lot smarter than we are and making a lot more money than we are. <laughs> uh, last but not least, there's a little racing going out in L.A. on Sunday, isn't there? Very rare, too. NASCAR does not have a whole major impact on the West Coast. They do race in, in Arizona on a couple of occasions. They do race in Las Vegas. That's usually in March. And there is a road race on NASCAR's uh, circuit in Sonoma, California, but that's it. Well, they are racing in Los Angeles on Sunday, late Sunday afternoon, early Sunday evening. This is a, a little bit of a try. The Bush Clash, which is always held uh, prior to the Daytona 500. It's an exhibition race, but it's a big time. Everybody goes to see it. It doesn't, doesn't count in the standings or anything like that, but all the big racers are there. It's always at the Daytona International Speedway. It's part of Speed Week. <laughs> it's moving to Los Angeles sa- uh, Sunday, Saturday and Sunday. They have the heat races Saturday and the uh, racing itself uh, late Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening. Okay, well, Los Angeles, going to do it on the freeway or what? Uh-uh. Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum. They're going to build a track wow. inside. In fact, they've already built it. Uh, the, the track is inside the Coliseum. They're hoping for 65,000, 70,000 fans to come in there and see NASCAR in Los Angeles, and that's very, very rare for this In the uh, Coliseum. In the Coliseum. That's cool. That's pretty cool. It'll be a pretty short track. Yeah. <laughs> what I'm saying is like putting a bunch of race cars inside the JQH Arena and well, letting them fly in, around. In a sense, it is. <laughs> it's very similar to the fairgrounds. What yeah, yeah. Have. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. before, uh, I think before you got here, but the fairgrounds uh, had a, an asphalt track around it. Now they restructured the whole area. But uh, that's about the size of what this track is going to be. And that's short track racing, which is where all these guys started yep. anyway. Yep. So they're accustomed to it. That's pretty cool stuff. Well, we'll see what happens there. Um, so uh, odds, what are the guys in Vegas saying about the Super Bowl, man? Well, it's already out. The odds have been posted not on all books. 
course, they vary by a half a point one way or the other. But the most of the books have the Rams as a four and a half point favorite. Have an over under a 49 and a half. I'm a little surprised. I thought it'd be a little bit higher than that. But no, that's not the case, even though these are two high powered quarterbacks. Uh, and I think you're probably going to see a pretty good football game out of this. Rams are favored. <laughs> They're playing on their home field, but they are not the home team because it flip-flops each year. Last year, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were the home team on their home field. Well, this year, the American Conference team is the home field, and even though it's the Rams stadium, the Rams are the visiting team. Does it make any difference? Of course not. <laughs> That's their fans, and they'll have... A very good, solid rooting audience, but so will Cincinnati. Oh, Cincinnati travels pretty well. I saw that myself the uh, last weekend. So yeah, I mean they definitely travel. And good luck. Uh, you think you think buying tickets in Tampa Bay for a Super Bowl is expensive? Try going to L.A. for one. Oh, Man, I Mr. Kroenke has, of course, he doesn't have any control over that. It's the NFL that controls the ticket prices, but they are way up there. <laughs> ticket price, parking. Going out to eat, getting a, a hotel, man. Might as well just watch it at home where you can get up, go to the bathroom when you want, go make your own drinks, whatever you want to do. Watch it at home. Well, that's that's the older way of looking at things. <laughs> what are you trying to say? That's how Ned Reynolds looks at things. <laughs> what are you trying to say about me? It's for kids. Come on, the kids out there. <laughs> kids with money. Uh, so we did have a uh, jury game last night. How'd they do? Yeah, this was a makeup game. Drury has had a lot of games postponed because of COVID this year, and they've either canceled some of them or postponed some of them. Last night they were in Bolivar. Uh, have had two games postponed up there. Made up one last night playing on the campus of Southwest Baptist. SBU's a pretty good basketball team. They are now on the year 14-4 and overall and 8-3 and in the Great Lakes Valley Conference. They whipped Drury last night, 70 to 61. Uh, Drury's record now falls to five and ten. They're under 500 and two and five in the Great Lakes Valley Conference. That's not Drury-like, but this has been such a convoluted year. There is there's really no way to uh, judge what this team is capable of doing. But they did get beat last night, uh, 70 to 61, and it's a good Southwest Baptist team that could make a lot of noise in the Division II National Regionals if they get selected for that. Pretty good basketball That's team. It's pretty cool to hear. Uh, you don't you don't really talk about the Bearcats a whole lot, you know what I mean? So they're kind of under the radar, and uh, good luck for them. But uh, Jury not having a great year at all. Um, so Missouri State Bears, when they get a chance to get back on the court? They will play tomorrow night. Tomorrow night in Carbondale. That's, of course, weather permitting, and I'm sure it will because – College teams know ahead of time when things are going to get a little dicey, and sometimes they leave early, and I would suspect the I Bears. Would, they're probably on their way to Carbondale may, pretty they soon. May, they may. <laughs> Not at all unusual for teams to go into a visiting town and, and spend the night there and work out a couple of times. Yeah, the, the budgets are there for that sort of thing. So I suspect the Bears are uh, on their way or will be shortly to Carbondale. Play tomorrow night. Southern Illinois is always tough, period. Anytime you play them, home or away, but especially at home, there'll be a load for the Bears tomorrow night. Bears are coming off a win over Evansville, 72-58, to a game in which Missouri State was substantially better than Evansville, but did not show a lot of spirit for much of the second half until something happened. And I suspect that something happened was a chewing out. Yeah, <laughs> someone got a fire, fire lit. They lit the fuse, and then uh, the Bears went after him and won 72-58 over Evansville. But 
Uh, Southern Illinois, you've got to concentrate every yeah. time out. That'll be Wednesday night is when and they're And it will be another test for the Bears to see if they are, at, in fact, the real deal. Ned, you have a great Tuesday. I will see you tomorrow, sir.